0: Uh, good morning. Good morning everyone. Uh, I hope that you're there. hope someone is there. Uh, I know Amy's here. they at the back. Uh, the four of us are here. Really grateful. Thanks to Amy for leading us in communion. Thanks to Paul for leading us in worship. And thank you to Andrew who is uh, leading us behind the scenes. Uh, the four of us are here, keeping with the rules, which the rules that were on Friday, they did change after that. Um but anyway the four of us are here and uh and I hope there's others of you are are able to join with us as well this morning. Uh today is the first Sunday of advent advent. Um and uh, so we want to acknowledge that in the in the church calendar I think it is a really important season. Uh celebrating the one who has come and we are waiting with anticipation for the one who will come again. This is what the advent season is all about and so from today right through until uh right through until Christmas day we uh we are in this advent season. Um and this is a season that is filled even though it's not the same as it's as it normally is. It is a season that still is filled with rituals that sparkle on the outside, but there is not the same life on the inside. And I know that I have a reputation maybe for being a bit of a ba humbug, but it is true. It can be a season that is filled with rituals that sparkle on the outside, but there is something missing. There is something empty. There is not the same sparkle. There's not the same life on the inside. It, it is still a season, even though it's different, that can still be filled with busyness. It can still be spent cultivating perpetual rush rather than patient longing. And that's why this season is important. It's it's important because we want to be people that celebrate the one who has come, but wait patiently, wait expectantly, wait with anticipation for the one who is coming again. And you'll know that I sent out a, a, a PDF. Um, I think it will be helpful for you if you engage with it. Uh, an advent guide uh, to lead us uh, to lead us through this season. And the, and the daily habits the four daily habits, I just want to point them out really quickly in case you haven't had time uh, or you don't think that it is for you, but there is four daily habits that I think would be really good for us to enter into in this season. Um, so really quickly, the four daily habits that we're being encouraged to, and there's more information about that on the on what I shared in the WhatsApp group. If you're listening in and you're not on that group, please get in touch. I'd love to, um, to make that guide available to you as well. The four daily habits. First one is kneeling prayer. Being encouraged to kneel three times a day with literally a one-sentence prayer. This morning, I began Advent season. The prayer that I prayed on my knees was, Father, I pray that I would enter this day as your son entered the world, full of love and full of hope. Amen. And there's another prayer at noontime, and there's another prayer in the evening. And it is important, I think. It's important because it grabs the attention of the body. When we kneel, it grabs the attention of the body, which can, if we let it, grab the attention of the mind and grab the attention of the heart where the, the next daily habit is that you would light a candle. And this is what we're going to do as a family. We're going to gather around the table, and before dinner, we're going to acknowledge that the light of the world has come, and we're waiting for him to come again. And so we, we light a candle. We get the kids involved to remember that Christ is light, that Jesus is the light of the world. As we begin our day, where there's a guide that will take you through a scripture reading, and a short thought to start your day, and so the the third habit is scripture before phone, and so before the demands of the day, uh, you're filled with the demands of the day on your phone, or you're filled with all that's gone on in the eight hours that you were sleeping. Um, you we are in we are being encouraged that you would be formed first in the love of God before the demands of the day, and then the fourth habit is that you would that you would not have your phone, no phone while waiting. And so we're so tempted to do that, whether it's waiting in line at the grocery store, whether it is uh, the adver- when the advertisement break comes on, the TV show that you're watching, we grab our phone because we just don't want to wait. And so we, do- we can so often fill our time with pointless, distracted glances at our phone because we hate to wait. We hate to wait. And so we're encouraging you with this fourth habit that you would look around you, that you'd be present, you'd be present on the sofa at home, you'd be present at the grocery store, you'd be present when you're engaging with people with, uh, within your community. And so today's reading, I'd love to read it. Uh, I'd love to read it to you from the message, as, we, uh, the first, as this first Sunday of Advent, the first scripture reading of this Advent season is in John chapter 1. And the first few verses of John chapter 1 in the message version says this, The Word was first, the Word present to God, God present to the Word. The Word was God in readiness for God from day one. And everything was created through him. Nothing, not one thing came into being without him. What came into existence was life, and the life was light to live by. The life light blazed out of the darkness and the darkness couldn't put it out. It goes on. There was once a man, his name was John, sent by God to point out the way to the life, to the light. He came to show everyone where to look, who to believe in. John was not himself the light. He was there to show the way to the light. I Love that. The life light blazed out of the darkness, and the darkness couldn't put it out. And the subtitle for this scripture reading is, that In the shadow of darkness, a light has dawned. I just feels it's appropriate for us to be speaking like this in this season. In the shadow of darkness, a light has, gone, has dawned. We're celebrating the one who has come, and we wait with expectation, with anticipation for the one who will come again. And although we're, we're in the first Sunday of Advent, I still want to spend the, the next few moments, the remaining minutes that we have, uh, just back in Matthew chapter 5. Uh, David did an incredible job with us last Sunday, speaking of transformation, and uh Previous to that we'd been looking at the Beatitudes, and the Sunday before uh, David spoke we, we still were in matthew five we, we spoke of the salt of the earth. when Jesus said that to ordinary people, the average people, the people who were broken, the people who had been oppressed, the people who were still working things out these, type, these were the type of people that Jesus said, "You are the salt of the earth," and went on to call them the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. So let's read it. If you have your Bible, Matthew 5. I hope it's well-worn. I hope the Matthew 5 and 6, 7 in your Bibles are well-worn by now. But Matthew 5, verse 14, you are the light of the world. Jesus speaking to his followers. Jesus speaking to those that are living out this uh, this beatitude way of life. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. And these verses, uh, they they do feel quite... um, they do feel that they are really significant for us at the minute. We're wrestling through it. We feel like the Lord just keeps, keeps drawing us back to these verses. If you remember, even back in February, a friend that came to speak just before we went into lockdown the first time. Aaron and his wife, Tana, from the States, they were with us and they, and they shared these these verses from us. And others have spoke these words over our church and and so I let you know that, that if you sense the Lord in these verses, that you would, like, let us know, let us know what he's saying to you as we take hold and acknowledge that what he is saying uh, to us is that you're the light of the world. Don't hide it. Let it shine so that men and women and, and everyone within your community may see your see your good deeds, see what you're doing, and praise your Father in heaven. This metaphor of light in the darkness is used everywhere in Scripture. You'll see it. You'll see it scattered throughout the Old Testament. You'll see it. Uh, you'll see it in, in Luke as Simeon talks about the, how he's been waiting for Jesus. It's 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 scattered throughout the whole of Scripture. This metaphor of light in the darkness, and that was God's long and God's hope for Israel was that they would shine in order that other nations see god had hoped israel would shine for all the other nations they believed that they were just supposed to be blessed for their own sake and they kept it to themselves It was an ongoing battle even right into the new testament we see how how god's heart was that the, that, the, that this message of good news would spread everywhere but it, even years after the holy spirit had come it was still in jerusalem His heart, God's heart had always been that there would be a light for the nations. There would be a light for the Gentiles. His hope was that for Israel, and even now for us as the church, that that, that our light would shine for others to see. God's hope for Israel was that they would model how to be rightly related to God and rightly related to one another. And in much the same way that we talked about salt, we say the same thing about light. We said that the, the salt, that you can't be salt. You can't be light if you withdraw from the from the darkness and the decay of this world. We're so tempted to isolate. We're so tempted to separate. We're so tempted to be intimidated by the darkness. To be angry at the darkness. But we cannot be salt and light if we withdraw from the darkness and the decay of this world. Let, let's just go to a few places. Isaiah is probably one of the best places to turn to. To, um, to see this idea, this hot, the, the longing of God that Israel, that his people would be light, would shine for the other nations. Isaiah 49, verse 6. It says, Is it too small a thing for you to be my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob, and bring back those of Israel that I have kept? I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. Uh, Isaiah 42. These I find these words incredible in Isaiah 42. Isaiah 42 verses 6 and 7, I the Lord have called you in righteousness I will take hold of your hand I will keep you and will make you, isn't to it, to be a covenant I will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles, to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. You'll see it in Isaiah 2. You'll see it in other parts of uh, the, pro- the the prophetic word that comes over and over again, this metaphor of light shining in the darkness. God hoping that his people would shine, in order that all of the other nations would see and be uh, become rightly related to God and to one another. I've already mentioned Simeon, but let me just go there for it really quickly. Simeon, this Old Testament character that we know little about, um, but he was a man. Luke 2, verse 25. He was a man in Jerusalem. He was righteous and he was devout and he was waiting. For the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he praised God. This is what he said whenever he held uh, Jesus in his arms. Simeon took him in his arms. He said, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all people a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel Jesus is the light of the world that's what we are that's what we are speaking about on this first advent of this first Sunday of Advent we see it as it was the anticipation of those that that they uh, that had eyes to see and ears to hear that Jesus would come as the light for revelation to the Gentiles. Jesus is the light. But whenever we come to Matthew 5, we now see that Jesus is saying to us, to those that are following this kingdom way of living, to those that are mourning, to those that are meek, to those that are merciful, Jesus is saying, you are the light of the world. And I think it's just something for us to reflect on, it's something real for us to meditate on this first Sunday of Advent. What does that look like that Jesus is the light of the world and now He says to us you are the light of the world, go and shine? See, we are we've come to know if you've been around church any length of time, you'll know one of the most one of the most popular ideas of what it is to be the church popular images of the, of the church is that we are the body of Christ. We are now the extension of Jesus, if that's all right to say that. We are now the extension of Jesus. We, we, we have the same head. We have the same source. See, it's not a different light that we are talking about here. It's the same light. We are conduits of the same light. And so when Jesus ascended back into heaven, his intention is for us as the body of Christ that we would be conduits of the same light. It's not a different light. It's the same source. We are, we, as the body of Christ, we are an extension of Jesus. We are an extension of this light. He, he came to bring light to all the nations. He came to bring light to the Gentiles, to bring revelation to Everyone. And I, and as I consider this, as I think about what this means, I think that it feels to me as I read and engage with the, the life of Jesus throughout the Gospels, it feels like he just is constantly asking the question, where is the darkness? Where is it really dark? And I think that's where we find him in places where people are grieving the loss of their only son. We find him in, in places where those that have been rejected and, and, and resisted for so long he invites them around the table he allows them to to pour their perfume over his feet and and he he's incredibly close to those that everybody else was distant from because he was he was thinking where is the darkness have come have come to blaze in the darkness it blazed this light blazed out of the darkness and the darkness couldn't put it out and I think Jesus had that in His mind. Where is it? Where is where is people at their most darkest? Where in our community? Where in the the villages and the towns that Jesus went through? Where is it? Where is it at its most dark? Sometimes, as we said, speaking of salt, sometimes we're, our salt—we're just as churches. We are all salt is all gathered in the one place. Cannot be the salt of the earth if we're not in proximity. If we're not in, in, in close to those that we're called to be salt to. It's the same as the light. Like if, I, I don't know if you're anything like me, but I, I, spend so much of my time walking around the house turning off all the lights. It can just get too, it can just get too bright. There's, there's, there's two lamps, and there's the big light in our living room. You only need, you only need one of those lights on. So before I go into a rant and Judith Swift turns the TV off I think that there's times that that can be the same for the church we, we love meeting together And I miss that we're all not here today But there's times that the church we can just be Again, I pointed out that song last time You're in your small corner and we're in ours and, and so we shine in our little corners But that's not what we're supposed to do We're not supposed to be hidden under a bowl We're not supposed to be hidden under the four walls of, of a building We're supposed to shine. We're supposed to find the places where it's at its most darkest and shine. And and so as we as we enter into this Advent season, I would be encouraging you to practice to try at least try these daily habits. Start off your day being formed in the love of God before anything else, and even be asking yourself that question: Where is it dark? Where are people finding things really difficult at the moment? Where is their need? Where is it dark? And where can I go and shine really brightly? And if we are doing it right, if we're doing it right, it's not going to point people to us. It's going to point them to Jesus. We're doing it right. And can I just say this as I finish? We don't shine We don't shine our light in order to get people to sign on a dotted line that they're now part of us that they now belong to our club that's not why we shine and so we're putting on events here in this car park and I believe that we're shining like we're doing the events at at 4.30 and and seven thirty, we're doing them late in the afternoon, into the evening, where it is literally dark, and we are shining bright. But I think we're doing it. I think we're longing to, for it to be deeper than that. We're aware that there's people in this community that they just feel like hope is being stripped away, that joy is being stripped away. And so, what can we do just to shine in the darkness? And so, we're wanting to use this this space, and we're not doing it with any agenda. We're not doing it. We're not shining our light in order for people to to sign on the dotted line that they'll come and and we'd love people to find Jesus. You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to believe before you get to belong. You don't have to get everything in order before you get to experience the love of Jesus. And so we shine not to get people to to sign on a dotted line. We shine because it's who we are and it's what we do. See, that's what Jesus just, just, just called it as it was. You are, you're not you will be, or any other, any other agenda, any other what ifs. He says, you are the light of the world. Now go and shine. Let people see what you're doing in order that they'll give thanks to God. And so we shine simply because it's who we are and simply because it's what we do. And I am convinced of this. And I'd love it that you'd be that you put me to the test on this. I'm going to put myself to the test on this. There is a joy that comes when you sacrifice for others. And for, for for some of us to, to, to be able to shine effectively in places of darkness, it's going to mean you're going to have to sacrifice. Whether it's in giving away your time, your talent, or your treasure, there's, there's, there's a sacrifice that will have to be made for you to shine in the darkness. But I guarantee you in this season where where, where when Jesus came he came to bring joy and I am convinced that his level of joy came as he sacrificed ultimately we're told in Hebrews that the joy was set before him because of the joy set before him he endured the cross and that's how he lived lived this self-sacrificial life Uh, and it was it was joy for him and I think that that will be your experience. As you, as you shine in the darkness, as you sacrifice for the sake of others, you will experience a joy. And it might seem incredibly countercultural. whenever we're so consumed with get, gathering up stuff for ourselves, ourselves and you know, for our kids and for our families. But put, put me to the test on this. there will be a joy in sacrificing for others. So I'm done, let me, let me pray for us. Um, please, if there's any other way that we, that we can help you through these daily habits, this with this Advent guide, we'd love to be able to do that. Maybe you're one of those people that just feels like you're in, in that place of darkness and, and you need some light shone. Please, please get in touch with us. Please let us know what's going on. But first of all, let us, let us be, take hold of these, these words that Jesus spoke, and I pray that you hear them. You hear them as if it's Jesus speaking them to you. You are the light of the world. A city and a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, not so that it points to us, but that they may see what we're doing and praise our Father in heaven. So, Father, we are we're in this. We're in this because we've we've caught a glimpse of the light that came into the darkness, and where we find ourselves in the place of of, of being blind of. Like Isaiah said, being in that place in a dungeon where it felt like there was no light. Thank you, that you shone into those places for us. Thank you, that you revealed your heart toward us. Thank you, that you revealed your love to us. Father, you did it in such a way that we would then shine in order for others to see. To see your goodness and your kindness on display, and so God, I pray that you would empower us by your Holy Spirit to live lives that shine really brightly. God, that we would not be intimidated to go to the darkest of places in order to shine even brighter. And God, for those that are, God, for those that are feeling just in a place of darkness, God, for that the language that even Isaiah speaks about being in a dungeon—that maybe that just feels. It feels like where people are at. I pray, Holy Spirit, that even in their own homes, that you would shine the light of your kindness into the homes of people even now. That you'd be incredibly near and kind and merciful. Father, we, uh, we just recognize and acknowledge that we are so in need of you. I pray you would get us to a place where we can celebrate that you've come. That you come into each one of our lives daily. And we also wait with anticipation for when you will come again. Father, I pray you would be with us today and this week. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for being with us, everyone. Have a great day. Uh, please be in touch. I'd love to see you. Online or some stage throughout the week. Bless you all.